5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. We are going to continue our talk today about humility. And you can't talk about humility with also talking about the other side, so to speak, the other pendulum swing side, and that's pride. One of the things that I found about pride is that, and, and I found this quote to be interesting, it says, humility comes when people are secure, but pride comes when they are insecure. What do you think about that? I think this made sense the more that I thought about it, because I was thinking about the leaders, the good leaders that I know, that are just confident in who they are and what their abilities are, and they know where they you know, fall short and what they're not good at. But I've also had some leaders that are also been a little bit uh, on the pride side, and they're overconfident, they're um, compensating for the you know, sake of trying to be everything to everyone. The leader's trying to convince people that they're good enough and that they are ultimately even almost the, the best at what they're doing. And, and I think that it's then that overconfidence, that pride, that leads them to be actually insecure. You've probably heard the phrase, pride comes before the fall. But did you know that actually pride comes before the actual fall? I'm talking about Adam and Eve. I'm talking about Genesis. Then pride actually precedes Adam and Eve. Let me show you. If you uh, go to your Bibles and you turn to uh, Isaiah 14, it records the downfall of a king, but not merely an earthly ruler. The king is the embodiment of God defying arrogance. Isaiah 14 is the motivation behind Satan's rebellion. And it's exposed. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. You see, Lucifer, the devil, is a powerful angelic being, right? And it says in scripture, God had, you know, put Satan in that place of, uh, you know, as an angel. But what happened to Satan? He wanted to put his throne above God's. And that's the pride that comes before the fall, and Satan is then removed from heaven. It makes sense then in Proverbs 8.13 that when wisdom is personified, so wisdom is speaking, which wisdom is God, says, I hate pride and arrogance. God doesn't like pride. Pride caused one of his you know, pieces of creation to rebel against him, to want to put his throne above him. Pride caused the fall. The famous apologist C.S. Lewis says that pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Now, we look at this and might think, oh, that's kind of an exaggeration, but if you think back, and I mean, and I took a look at a, a couple of, uh, of great theological thinkers you know, of the past, um, people like Augustine and Aquinas and Calvin and Luther and many other reformers believed that pride is the great sin. They believed and taught that the devil's most effective and destructive tool is pride. 
James in the New Testament also says that uh, in chapter 4, verse 6, that God opposes the proud. I mean, and we've noticed that if it is so destructive, when we've seen in our own lives, whether it's the, the leadership of nations, of worlds, of countries, when they are filled with pride, they're not looking for their, the best of everyone. They're looking at everyone to think they're the best. So how can we identify pride and even possibly kill pride that starts to be able to show up in our lives? The first thing we need to see is to identify lies that we're believing. Here's some of the, the statements that the lies that can lead to pride. God isn't concerned with what I do. I know what's best for me better than God does. Fruit in my life isn't from my own labor. My sin is not that serious. My comfort is more important than others. I'm more deserving of grace than someone else. I'm humble enough. I think once we start to identify those lies that we can start to be able to see the truth of what God is saying to us and what God says about us. So going back to the first time that I talked about, uh, you know, this week talked about humility. Humility is that right understanding of who we are before God. So these lies won't get in the way because if we know who we are before God, then we know that a lot of those ones are just, are just lies that we don't have to believe. There's lots of other ways to combat, but I'm going to just uh, talk about one more to close out this episode. And here's the thing. What we see is we combat the lies, but we also remind ourselves of Christ's example. Philippians 2, 5-8. Have the same mind, the same attitude, that of Christ Jesus, who in the very existence was God, but did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself, took on the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. When he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We should remind ourselves often about this sacrifice. Because to me, there is no greater piece of scripture that can remind us of being humble and having humility than seeing what Jesus did, who being in the very nature God, but he came to be a servant. He came to die. It reminds me that I don't have to be full of pride, full of overconfidence, overbearing, but I can look to Jesus and be reminded of his humility and I can take on some of my own. Hope that helps you out today. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.